Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 85. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How the Devil Are You? I hate having to start the podcast because I feel like I start it the same way every single week. Also, while I'm talking about this, when I interview people, I start that the same way. 
But you know what happens if I try and mix it up? I mess it up. So I just think hopefully it's so short and we move on quickly that you'll just not realise that I start the same way pretty much every single week. Of course, now I've drawn it to your attention, you're going to go back and listen or next time you'll think, oh yeah, she did. Um, <laughs> so maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut. Anyway, so I hope you've had a good week and I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we were talking about going live. And if you haven't gone live already, please do so. And please tag me and Tiffany in because we really, really want to hear it. So this week, I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. I'm going to talk a little bit mindsetty. Now, I don't know whether you guys like these episodes or whether you prefer me to be like proper tactics, strategies, tools, tips. But, you know, honestly, this is the thing that's made the biggest difference in my business. And when I look back, I was looking for content for these episodes, thinking about what can I talk about? And I went back through the academy that because it's a great place to find what people are asking. And then I think, oh, actually, that would make a great episode or I can create something around that. So for me, it's a really, really good resource. And I, and I was looking back and I found a couple of posts that all came down to mindset and how they felt about their business and how they were struggling. So I wanted to focus around this, but I also wanted to focus on the fact as to talking about failure and why I am now happy to fail and I wasn't previously. So if that's okay with you, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's kick this off by talking about goals. And this was specifically the question that was asked in the academy about one of the members of the academy said that they were in two minds about setting big, hairy, scary goals. Now, I don't know whether you know, there are lots of people out there, like from celebrities to business owners to whoever, that do a lot around manifestation and trying to imagine the big goals they want. And I am all for this, okay? I never used to be. I have to say this. I, When I started the business, I didn't even think about mindset at all, didn't think I had to, didn't think it would affect the business. And then I quickly learned that for me and my business, actually, it has a really positive impact. Now, I'm not going to say that it's going to do the same for everybody else, but I want you to try on this episode, just keep slightly open-minded about things if this isn't really your bag, and just think whether this may or may not work for you. Like I said, I am very, what's the word? I don't think it's cynical as such, but I think I would, I, I like facts and figures. So I wanted the science behind it all. And of course, some stuff that just isn't science. But in my mind, the way I think about all this is if I do these things and they don't hurt anybody and I don't feel like an idiot doing it, then, and it makes a difference in any way, shape or form, then surely it's got to be a good thing. Whether it was that that made the difference or whether it was something else, it doesn't matter. The fact is it made a difference. So, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of chuck that caveat in there. So let's start with the goals thing. So like I said, I am a big fan of setting goals, of dreaming big. Now there is some science around this about the fact that your brain doesn't know the difference between a imagined thing and an actual memory, apparently. Obviously I'm not a scientist, don't quote me on that. But anyway, basically you're, by imagining how it can be and what it might be and those big goals, you are almost kind of setting things in in motion to get you to there. That's the way I read that. So I am a big fan of goals. I write my goals out every single morning. I say every morning, every morning I do my morning routine, which of late has not been as much as I'd have liked because I'm not very good at doing it. 
while I'm out and about on the road or when life gets busy, which is terrible because that's the time I should be doing it. Anyway, so I write my goals out and some of the goals are crazy. Like some of them you would look at and think, who are you kidding? Or people might look at and go, who are you kidding? And the question in the group was around the fact of, do you ever feel like you're telling yourself, who am I kidding? How ridiculous is this to think that this is actually going to happen? So for instance, one of my goals, I'm very honest about sharing all this with you, but I I think it's important. And hopefully you'll know by now I'm a very honest person. So one of my goals is that I want £100,000 sat in my savings account. You know, rainy day money, wouldn't that be nice? Another of my goals is I only want to fly first class or business class. Because quite honestly, if you've ever flown first or business, which I've been very fortunate for mainly reasons of points and because I fly so much, but oh wow, it is like a whole different world. So imagine how amazing it would be to be doing that like every flight I ever took. So I put some of these crazy, amazing goals in there. And like I said, my my one of my academy members talked in the group and asked the question about, you know, do you ever feel like I'm an idiot? What am I thinking? Who am I kidding? And she also talked around the fact that maybe other people in her circle of, uh, not influence, but basically people who are very close to her didn't see those common goals either and didn't necessarily believe that they might happen. So there was two things here just quickly. The first one was, do you feel like an idiot when you're writing them down? And I said to her, I totally get why you might feel like that, because sometimes when things are tough, when they're hard, when you've had a bad week, when you were hoping that something would happen and it didn't come off, sometimes you do look at them and think, who am I kidding? But I have to say, 99% of the time, I'm pretty fine on it. And I really do kind of let myself just daydream about it. I let myself think, oh my gosh, imagine how amazing that's going to be. And the kind of crazy thought is that I am sat here going, that is going to happen. And I do believe that it's going to happen. And I'm doing everything in my power to get there. So that was the one thing that sometimes, you know, do you feel stupid? And I know um, we talked in the group about the fact that Jim Carrey once wrote himself a check for, I think it was like a million dollars for a film. And he wrote it when literally he was getting no work at all. And he was like broke and wasn't the actor that he is today. And he wrote it with a date on in the future. And by that date, he got, he was just signed to do, I think it was Dumb and Dumber and got a million dollars for his acting in Dumb and Dumber. So like, I get it. And I think Oprah Winfrey did something and there's loads of celebrities that do this sort of thing. So I am like all a big fan of that, but I do get that if you don't feel very confident in yourself or if you're struggling a little bit that you might look at it and go, that's never going to happen. But I urge you to not think about that and to think about, imagine what it's going to feel like when it happens. And you know what? And if it does, absolutely flipping amazing. If it doesn't, you might have reached further than you ever thought that you would have done if you hadn't have dreamt that far ahead. So let's say you want to make, I don't know, 500,000 this year. And that is so far out of your reach that you're like, well, that's just crazy. But if you'd set yourself a goal of 50,000, then you would only get to 50,000 because in your head, that's all you're aiming for. When you set some crazy massive goals so out in front of you, then your head kind of has to stretch that bit further about how do I get there? And it's not about, and then we're going to come to this a bit more, but it's not necessarily about the actual getting to the goal in the end. It's about the action that you're taking to get there. 
Because if you are trying to get to 500,000, you're going to take many more actions and work much, much harder than necessarily you might do if you were only trying to aim for 50,000, let's say. Okay, so that was the first bit. And the second bit was I felt really bad about because she talked about the fact of the support wasn't necessarily there. And that's really, really tough. Because do you know what? When I first went into this mindset and mindfulness side of the business, it was brand, brand new to me. And I sat there at times and thought, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> like, what are you on? That's not going to happen. Don't be ridiculous. And my husband, who I've talked about lots of times, is an engineer in the military, no less. So like, not only does he have an engineering brain, but he's also a military person. So he is the furthest away from woo-woo mindset stuff than anybody I know. So again, having those conversations with him and trying to get him to understand why I was interested in it or the effect it might have on my business was a bit of a tricky one because he didn't get it necessarily straight off either. So what I did was I kind of tried to get him more and more involved with the business. I would often, and I do often part of my morning routine, I play podcasts and I listen to podcasts. So I was listening to more and more podcasts like James Wedmore and Brooke Costillo. I'm going to hook up to both of those in the show notes because they are great podcasts, especially around kind of mindset and coaching and that sort of thing. And do you know what? He kind of listened to it and almost by osmosis, he kind of started to take it in and he started to see it. But not only did he see or understand it a bit more because I was kind of playing these things and he was like, oh, that's interesting. And he kept a very open mind. But secondly, he started to see the effect it had on me and my business, i.e. the more I put into my mindset, the more I worked on this, the more I was motivated, the more I felt I could achieve bigger and better things. So that's kind of one of the things I wanted you to think about when it comes to goal setting. Are you goal setting? Are those goals literally like half a mile in front of you or are they literally wrapped around the world? Because mine mine probably aren't as crazy as they could be compared to some. I mean, I'm not sat there saying I'm a prime minister or I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm, you know, I suppose in one way you could say they're fairly modest, but they are, you know, I don't have £100,000 in my savings account or anywhere near that right now. So, you know, so for me, they are a good stretch in front. So, Okay, so that's the first thing, setting those goals. But like I said, the mindset thing isn't around necessarily the goal setting. It's about the actions you take in order to start getting towards those. And this was a massive shift for me. Now, when I, not even when I started my business, forever and a day, I hate failing. I'm very competitive. I am also a perfectionist. And I get embarrassed really easily, or I used to get embarrassed really easily. I act like a fool on this podcast. So why I don't get embarrassed about that, I have no idea. But I think it's because I'm sat in this room just talking to myself like a slightly strange person. And I forget that you guys have got me in your ears and you're listening to me right now. But anyway, we won't think about that. So, so yeah, I, those things, hate failing, perfectionist, you know, want to be brilliant at everything, competitive, and the fact that I hate, I don't like looking like a fool. So anything like putting myself out there slightly that then might give me a response I don't want, I would never have done in a million years. I always worked in my comfort zone. I've worked in marketing for 15 years. So I I was never really out of my comfort zone in terms of that. I happen to like speaking. So that didn't really put me out of my comfort zone a whole lot. Obviously different events have put me more out of my comfort zone, but 
generally, I kind of stayed pretty safe in what I was doing. And then I started to want to work towards the online business. And a couple of episodes ago, I talked about the transition in the business that I've made and and making and how that looks and some of the fear stuff that I've done there. But I wanted to transition over and I wanted to achieve more and do more. And I just wasn't doing it. I was literally sat absolutely in the spot saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then when it came to anything tangible to move towards it, no, just didn't do it. I was too scared. And I think I've, well, I'm sure I've talked about this before. I definitely talked about it in emails. But basically, I went and joined James Wedmore's Business by Design. And I went out to uh, Laguna Beach, beautiful Laguna Beach, sat in a conference room with 200 other very successful entrepreneurs and felt very much out of my depth. Although I had a good successful business, well, I still have a good successful business, but I think I doubted my level and I doubted my skills and my ability. But because we were talking online businesses and at the time I didn't have one, I had my agency. So I sat in the room feeling a little bit out of my comfort zone and James was asking people to do hot seats. I, you ask a question, he answers you, he gives you coaching. Now, the whole point of me joining Business by Design was so I could get in front of James Wedmore because he was a bit of a god in my eyes. He was great. I loved his podcast. I loved his advice. I'd learned a lot from him. So to be sat in the same room as him, to be getting a hot seat from him was amazing. However, I was too scared, Right. I didn't want to put my hand up. I didn't want to look like an idiot. I was in a room of 200 people and I sat there mouth shut the entire time. And the first day went by, I didn't say a word. And I wanted to, so desperately wanted to, because I wanted to speak to him about my business. I wanted to have that input from him, but I didn't. I'd made the, I'd taken the risk to spend all that money because it was an expensive thing and to get in front of him. And I literally sat there fearful that I didn't want to look like a fool. Anyway, the next morning, I got up and thought, right, I've got to say something today. He started off the day by going, give me your key takeaway from yesterday. Few people put their hands up. They stood up, gave their takeaway. He said, thanks. They sat down again. And I thought, boom, this is it. This is how I'm going to stand up. I don't want a hot seat. I don't want my business being discussed, not because I didn't want it to be discussed, but just because I was like really embarrassed about it or really embarrassed about standing up and talking about these things. So I thought, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to give my key takeaway, and I'm going to sit back down. Great. I've spoken to James Edmore. So I put my hand up. I'm sat front and center, always do at a conference, because then you get the eye of the person on the stage. And I, when I'm on stage, I look at the people front and center. So anyway, bit of a tip there. So I put my hand up, and he picks me, and he says, what's your key takeaway? And I said that I'm not being the CEO that my business deserves. And that was something he talked about the day before. And he was like, what do you mean? How would it look? if you were being the CEO your business deserved. And I thought, oh no, no, please don't do this because I just thought you were going to go, thank you, sit down. Anyway, I sat there and went, well, I would have launched my course. And he's like, what course? And I explained to him and the rest of the room that I had put together a course around content creation and I just hadn't sold it. And he then went and stood towards the back of the room. He'd come off the stage by this point, went and stood towards the back of the room. So then I'm facing everybody in the room And he's like, so why haven't you launched it? And I very honestly and very scared was like, because I'm, I'm scared. And he's like, what are you scared of? And I was like, what if no one buys it? And he said, and what would that mean if no one bought it? 
And I said, it would mean I, I failed. And he's like, okay, so how many have you sold so far? And I was thinking, did you not hear me? I haven't even launched it. What are you on about? And I was like, none. And he's like, so you haven't sold any, so you failed already. And literally I sat there like, oh my word, he's right. I, I failed because I haven't sold any. And then he literally sat there and went, so let's say, for instance, tomorrow you open the car and you started selling that course and no one bought it. What would actually happen? And I was like, I'd look like an idiot. And he's like, no, forget that. Because how does anybody know? And, you know, no one would think you're an idiot. What would actually happen, physically happen? And I was like, well, nothing. He said, would you lose loads of money? And I was like, not really. I have probably a little bit in Facebook ads, but I'm only talking like 50 to 100 pounds. And he said, and the time it took me to create the course. And he's like, and would anybody die? And I was like, no. And he's like, so why haven't you done it? And I just thought, I've just sat here for what felt like probably six months, sat on this course that was completed, by the way. It wasn't like, it was literally sat there. I just had to open the car and I just hadn't done anything because I was so scared. Scared of what people would think. Scared that someone might look at it and go, it's rubbish. Scared that someone might ask for a refund. Scared that they won't even buy it in the first place. And I just realised that this fear had held me back so, so much. So I don't think it was a conscious decision at that point. I think I got more comfortable with it over time, but I have now got to a point, like I said at the beginning, where actually I'm not scared to fail. In fact, failing is a really good sign that I am trying and I am working towards my goals because I can't control some of those goals. I can't control necessarily that I can always afford to fly first class because I don't know how much my income is at this point or you know, I can't control necessarily that I'm going to get that income. But what I can control are the actions I'm taking to get me there. And I want to give you some examples of things that I've done that have been slightly terrifying and I would have been too scared to do them and I've done them. So the first one, and if you're on my email list, you'll know this because I emailed it out a few weeks ago. The first one is that I asked Seth Godin to come onto the podcast, okay? So if you don't know Seth Godin, he's very big in the marketing space. He's written a number of very successful books and he has gone on podcasts like James Wedmore's, Amy Porterfield's. He's gone on some really big podcasts and he's really big. And I just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to ask him. And what's the worst that can happen? And this is what I ask myself all the time now. Honestly, what's the worst that can happen? So the worst thing is, and when you think about the physical action of it, I am literally going to find an email address or I'm going to find a contact form. I'm going to type in an email that says, hey, Seth, would you like to come on the podcast? That you'd be brilliant. And I'm going to hit send. So physically, it takes no work at all. And then I will read a response when it comes. And if he says no, I'll go, okay, cool. Thank you, though. If he doesn't respond, then no worries. And if he comes back and says, yes, what a result. So I hit send. And within minutes, I had a response from him. And he wrote a very lovely, very polite email back saying, thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking. However, I'm very busy right now doing the launch of something he was launching and therefore I just don't have time. And you know what? Absolutely fine because I can take so many other things from that. I can take the fact that I did it regardless of what the outcome was going to be. So if I've asked Seth Godin, the chances of me asking the other people are now feeling so much more achievable. The other thing is he saw my name. He now, for a millisecond, 
might know who I am when I email again and ask again. So for me, that wasn't a loss at all. I was really happy the fact that I'd been brave enough to do it. So let me give you another example that actually really paid off. So I was obviously going through my social media and checking my notifications, and I noticed that a Twitter account, and it happened on Facebook too, the same account, had found my TEDx talk and had gone and tweeted it and said, and they said something nice about the TEDx talk about, you know, great talk by Teresa or whatever. Didn't know who these people were, but the title of the page was World's Marketing Summit, you know, pretty full-on title there. So I thought, let me go and have a look at this World's Marketing Summit. And I go on, just being nosy as you do, and I happen to see that it's an event being run in the UK. It's a one-day event, and it's hosted, and the keynote speaker is Philip Kotler. Now, if you went and did a marketing degree, like I did at university, you would know that Philip Kotler is the godfather of marketing. Like, Honestly, Seth is is amazing, but Philip Kotler is the guy that every university in the UK and maybe even in the States teaches about. And he's the guy who talks about the four principles of marketing that then turned into the seven P's of marketing. And, and you read a book called The Principles of Marketing, which is his book. And like I said, he's huge. And he was at this event. He's going to be speaking, keynoting, and it's his event. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, they just tweeted me and they just mentioned me on Facebook and it's Philip Kotler's event. The other thing I started looking down and it was like, Lord Digby Jones is going to be speaking there and Professor so-and-so and Professor so-and-so. And I was like, gosh, this is a pretty full-on event. Like, this is massive in terms of the speakers that they've got going and the calibre and the quality of them. So anyway, I thought to myself, like, wouldn't that be amazing to speak there? And I literally just thought, Again, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is they can go, no, thank you. We are good. So found their details online, sent them an email, sent them my media kit and said, listen, you've just tweeted this. I didn't write listen, obviously. That would be a very rude way to start an email. Um, it just tweeted or put up this on, on, my, on Facebook. And I wanted to thank you for sharing it. It was really kind of you. And just as a side, I don't suppose you're still looking for any speakers, are you? Because I would love to speak. I obviously know who Philip Kotler is. I have a degree at, you know, in marketing. Anyway, I get this email back saying, could we have a chat on the phone about it? And I was like, okay. So they phone me up and we have a conversation. And it was like, so easy. It was scary. Like I literally thought, oh, hang on a minute, Something's they're going to tell me I've got to pay loads of money to speak or something is like, he's going to go to the end and be like, no, only joking, as if. Like, honestly, it just felt so easy. So I spoke to Katie, my assistant, and I was like, oh my goodness, I think I might be speaking at this event. And I said, I'm not going to say anything until it's like on the site, it's confirmed, I'm definitely speaking. And I am very pleased to say that it is on the site and honestly, when you scroll through, it's like professor, 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 oh me, professor, professor, like, and a little bit, I'm like, oh man, am I a bit out of my depth? And I hope not. I don't think I am. I think that I love speaking and I hope that I'm a good speaker. I'm sure, well, I sent them videos, so they've definitely seen me speak. But, but yeah, like, honestly, if that had been six months ago, 12 months ago, there's not a cat in hell's chance. I would have even contacted them to ask, let alone being so direct and said, I would like to speak. And look at that. I've got this opportunity now to speak alongside the guy 
whose book I learned in university because he's so well-renowned in marketing. Like, honestly, you just don't know. So the whole point of this episode, and I hope it's been useful, but the whole point of this episode is to kind of get you into that mindset of the questions I ask myself, is anybody going to die? What's the worst that can happen? Like, because honestly, if it's only my ego is going to take a bit of a bruising, then so be it, whatever. The fact is you're not even having a chance of speaking somewhere, being featured somewhere, interviewing someone in particular, if you don't even ask them. So, or if you don't even put yourself out there in order to try and do this. So I want you to learn from my mistakes that I spent probably the first two or three years of my business not necessarily moving in the direction I wanted to go, which let's face it, if I had done at that time, if I was brave enough just to go and do it at that point, I might be in a very different position now. I am a true believer of you are exactly where you need to be. So obviously, for whatever reason, it wasn't necessarily the right time, but I know for sure that I was the one that held that back. I was the one that was too scared to put myself out there for risk of what people might say, for risk of what people might think, and that people wouldn't want what I was offering. And honestly, I don't want you to do the same. I don't want you to miss out on an opportunity that could be amazing, could take your business to the next level, or miss the fact of you don't want to ask because you're too scared. And you're thinking, but what if they say no? But I want you to think, what if they say yes? What for one second, if you ask that big, scary, terrifying thing and they actually come back and go, yeah, we'd love to, or yes, please do that or whatever it is. So I just wanted you to kind of address that today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's helped. Please do come and let me know. I love hearing from you, as you well know. I love getting your DMs. I love getting your Insta stories. And honestly, so many of you reach out and I really do appreciate that because it's so, so good to hear from you. So anyway, hopefully that's helped today. It's a little bit different. Next week, we have got a rock star interview. Michael Hyatt, oh my word, is on the podcast. This guy is a business genius and is so successful. He's a New York bestselling author. He's honestly, and he's just such a nice guy. I had the most loveliest chat with him. So do go check out next week's. It's going to be brilliant. Okay. Have an amazing week and I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.